Hi everyone, my name is Ryan Alexander and I serve as the lead pastor at Hosanna. As we've been saying for years, we believe the Lord led you here. And we hope that what you hear today will encourage you to take a step forward in your faith journey and help you look more like Jesus. After today's message, I encourage you to download the Hosanna app for more opportunities to connect and grow. Here's today's message. That's right, mothers. Happy Mother's Day to you. We are so grateful that you are here. I hope today that you have a sense of how much we love you and how much we are grateful for what you do in our lives, in our families, in our community, in our church. Again, happy Mother's Day to you. My name is Chris. I am one of the pastors here. If we've never met, I'm grateful to meet you today. As you might have already been able to tell, uh, the preaching team decided to give the mothers the day off, which I think is fitting uh, for them. And then it came down to the decision, well, who's going to preach on Mother's Day? So they decided to ask the question, well, who's the most manly man they could think of? And that's why I'm here uh, this morning. I was reminded of that this morning as I was getting ready. Uh, my two-year-old uh, looked up at me and said, Daddy, pink shirt? I said, yes, real men wear pink, buddy. Real men wear pink. And then as I was getting my shoes on, he said, Daddy, wearing mommy's shoes? I said, no, no, these are boots. Cowboys wear boots. So uh, anyways, I'm grateful to be with you today. As, our, uh, as is our custom, just right here at the beginning of the message, we want to say, church, thank you for giving. Thank you for giving, being faithful in your tithes and offerings. By giving to the church or giving through the church, people hear about the gospel. Our communities have a place to come to worship. Uh, hungry are fed. People are clothed. Their physical needs are met. So thank you for giving. I think giving around here has even just gotten easier, but you can give, you know, through the app. You can give by way of text. You can give through the, uh, the places in, in the back, the uh, baskets in the back. So all that to say, thank you for giving. Thank you for giving. Church, I am grateful uh, to be able to give the message today. We are all year long, our theme has been to be, have a year with Jesus. And that's what we're going to do today. Over the next number of weeks, we're going to say this, that Jesus is human, just like you and I. He went through stuff just like us, pain, sorrow, stress, all those kinds of things. But he also is human in the fact that he had a family. And today, we're centering in on his mother. I'm going to tell you the whole story of Mary. I'm not joking. It's the whole thing, okay? It's everything that we know in the scriptures about Mary. You know, one of the best ways to get to know somebody, like if you're going to try to get to know Jesus, the first best way is to spend time with him. But then you know how this works. Maybe the second best way to get to know somebody is to get to know their parents. You know what I'm saying? Once you get to know somebody's parents, you really understand them better. And today, looking at the life of Mary, she's extraordinary. Honestly, she's amazing. I have three things that are going to kind of interwove. There are three themes through this message that I want to just go off or tell you about right off the bat, okay? Now, these, all three of these things were preached by Jesus. He wants you to know these things, okay? These are parts of his messages. Number one is this. All things are possible with God. That's going to be a huge theme for us today. All things are possible with God. Would you say this with me? All things are possible with God. That's right. When you're at the end of your limitations, when you don't know what to do anymore, when the situation seems impossible in our lives, that's when God steps in. He says the things that are impossible with humans, oh, I've got way more in store. There's an abundance. There is, uh, I, God makes all things possible. And Jesus taught us that. He wants us to know this. Number two theme, not my will, but yours be done. Oh, Jesus taught us this. Remember when he was in the Garden of Gethsemane and he said, Lord, not my will, but yours be done. Jesus understood that there is a way that we might want to live our lives, 
But there is another way, a higher way, a way of love, a way of his Father in heaven. He would even teach us to pray, your kingdom come, your will be done. Jesus knew that if we would lay our lives down, that somehow we would find them in a greater way on the other side of it. Not my will, but yours be done, he taught us. Third thing, he taught us so much about the Holy Spirit. I mean, he taught us things like this, that you will receive power. Who's going to receive power? You, 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 you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. He taught you that. He taught us this. He taught us things like this, that it's the Father's good pleasure to give us the Holy Spirit to anybody who asks. So if you desire to have the Holy Spirit, having God living inside of you, having this great power, you can ask and the Father will give it to you. He taught us things about the Holy Spirit like this, that you can be born of the Holy Spirit. Yes, to have an earthly birth, that's great. But to be born of the Spirit, all of a sudden you'll see the world differently. You'll be empowered differently. These are three themes of today and that Jesus would want us to know through his teachings. But here's my question to you. How did he learn these things? How did he come up with this? Maybe it was divine revelation. Maybe it was the Father, the Holy Spirit that gave him these nuggets of truth for us. But what I think, I think it was from his mother. I think his mom taught him those three things. As I tell you the story of Mary, as we look at that together, I hope you see it. I believe you will. Would you open your Bibles with me to Luke chapter 1? This is where Mary's story starts. Luke chapter 1, verse 26. Let's begin to read it together. Now in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, stop for a second. I thought we were talking about Mary, and here's this woman named Elizabeth. Who is she? She is Mary's cousin. She and her husband were never able to have kids. They were old in age and they shouldn't have been able to have kids, but God did a miracle in their life and they had a baby. That baby was named John the Baptist and played a significant role in Jesus' life. So let's pick up the story again. Now in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent an angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary, she was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman. Now, this is the first of two times he would call her favored or blessed. He goes on to say, The Lord is with you. I like that. The Lord is not far from you. The Lord sees you. The Lord hears you. The Lord is with you. Mary. Verse 29 Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. I want to pause here for a moment because you're going to notice that in Mary's story, she is a thinker. She has a strong intellect. She is a strong in her life. And she oftentimes is pondering something, thinking things, treasuring them in her heart. And here she is right off the bat from us getting to know her. She's thinking and trying to figure it out. And the angel picks up on this and says, Oh, don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. There it is the second time. You will conceive and give birth to a son. You will name him Jesus. Pause there. That's the first time the whole world has known the Savior of the world. We, we, we wondered what God was like, but now we know his name. She's hearing it for the first time. His name is Jesus. Verse 32, he will be very great and will be called the son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor, David. David was the greatest king. 
in their, of all of Israel's whole history. David was the greatest. And here he's going to be given the throne. Verse 33 says, he will reign over Israel forever. Not just his lifetime. What? Forever. His kingdom will never end. Mary asked the angel, how can this happen? How? I am a virgin. And the angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. And the power, the what? The power of the Holy Spirit will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy. He will be called the Son of God. What's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say she was barren, but she's now in her sixth month. For nothing is impossible with God. Say it with me. For nothing is impossible with God. Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. And the angel left her. Other versions translate that, let it be, like the Beatles song. Let it be according to your will. Let it be according to what you have said. Let it be. Not my will, but yours be done. Do you see these themes right away in Mary's story? Some of you are nodding your head. I like that, that all things are possible. Mary learned that in that moment. Not my will, but yours be done. That's who she was. She said, ah, let it be. The Holy Spirit is the greatest power in all of the universe. It's going to come upon you, Mary. Wow. So she, became, so she was pregnant. Jesus was in a womb. What's the next story that the scripture says? It says that she went to see Elizabeth. Of course she did. She went to see her cousin. And it says then that Mary sang a song. Moms sing to their kids, don't they? I mean, you don't even have to have a good voice, Mom. Just sing to your kids. This amazing thing that happens. You hear a mother singing to her child. The child doesn't even have to be born yet. And you're breaking out into song. I think somehow these kids even know in the womb what you're singing somehow. They get a vibe for what's going on. Now here's the deal. I don't think this is the only time she sang this song. It was too well put together. I bet this was a song that she was singing to him. I'm going to read it for you in just a moment. And I want you to pick up on it that these are really the themes of Jesus' messages. Her song were the things that he would preach about. Check this out. Oh, how my soul praises the Lord. How my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior, for he took notice of his lowly servant girl, and from now on all generations will call me blessed. The mighty one is holy. He has done great things for me. He shows mercy from generation to generation. Did you know that Jesus talked more about mercy than anybody else in the scriptures? Here she's singing about mercy to all who fear him. His mighty arm has done tremendous things. He scatters the proud and the haughty. Jesus talked about that. He has brought down the princes from their thrones and exalted the humble. Jesus talked about that. He has filled the hungry with good things. Come on, who said, blessed are you who hunger and thirst? Jesus talked about that. She's saying, he has filled the hungry with good things, sent the rich away with empty hands. That literally happened in Jesus' life. He has helped his servant Israel and remembered to be merciful. There it is a second time. She loved to sing about mercy. For he has made promises to his ancestors, to Abraham and his children forever. Oh, she's saying to that boy. Now, Mary, what's interesting is that the favor of God 
on Mary's life ended up turning her world upside down. Mary probably didn't get the wedding that she had dreamed about as a child. She was pregnant now. Maybe it wasn't a week-long celebration. It's not recorded what her wedding to Joseph looked like. But sometimes we think a favor of God looks like red carpets and amazing things. But sometimes the favor of God looks different. Mary was an amazing woman because she said yes to God again and again and again. They would travel from their little village of Bethlehem, uh, excuse me, Nazareth, down to Bethlehem. And this is where we have Christmas. You know how the story goes. There was no room for them with their family in the inn. So they were said, well, why don't you just go where the cows are? Go where the animals are. It'll be all right. That wasn't what she was probably thinking of how she was going to have her baby. But she had the baby. I bet all of heaven was so excited to see it. I bet the Father God was so ecstatic. I mean, can you imagine? I've been in the room a few times when there was a baby born, three times, with my kids and my wife. Every time, there is an amazing strength in these women. Every time, there is a beauty that arises up out of them that is amazing. There is a strength in them. There is a profound love. There is a profound joy. There is a profound peace when they now hold this baby. I bet Mary had all those same things. Holding Jesus, she would lay him in a manger. That night, the angels would sing to the shepherds, and the shepherds would come running in, and they would say, this is the baby. Oh, my gosh, this is the one. And they would fall down and worship him. And the Bible says that Mary pondered these things in her heart. There it is again. She's thinking, oh, my gosh, it's true. He really is a king. Here he is. They're worshiping him now. Wow. The next thing that happens is that that we know from the scriptures is that uh, what's typical and custom of their culture, and it's recorded in the scriptures, is that she would take an offering 40 days after his birth to the temple to give an offering, to dedicate Jesus to God. So this is what happened. She went and she brought an offering. Now what's interesting is that most people would bring uh, uh, a sheep or a goat or a cow or something like real big, real nice, uh, but she and Joseph, they brought two pigeons. You know what that tells us? They were poor. They didn't have money. But they gave what they could. Mary's life to raise Jesus wasn't an opulence. God chose Mary. Not because of the money. Not because of the means. Because of who she was. She brought it into the temple. Now, what's interesting about this story is that there was two prophets that came and prophesied. A man and a woman came and prophesied over Jesus. And they, they both said basically the same thing. Like, oh my goodness, my eyes have seen the salvation of God. He's, he's blessed. He's the savior we've been waiting for. He's going to be great. And then they looked at Mary and they leaned in and they said, Mary, there's going to be a sword that pierces your heart. Mary, there's going to be a hole in your heart. And the Bible says that she kept going. It does not say that she pondered this 
that she dwelt on it, that she was anxious over it. It was almost as if she said, let it be according to your will. I know who God, a God who can do impossible things. I know a God who through the power of the Holy Spirit can do great things even in the midst of hardship. She just kept going. So Jesus was dedicated 40 days in. Now somewhere after this, we know that, that the, the king of the time, he then wanted, he heard that there was a new king being born and so he wanted to kill the babies. Whoa. Joseph, Jesus' earthly dad, had a dream about this and knew that they had to go to Egypt. But here's the deal. How were they going to flee to Egypt? They had no money. Somewhere around this time, all of a sudden, some wise men follow a star and they come find the place where Jesus is. And what do they give him? Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. God has provided. We have the money now. We're going to go to Egypt, save this boy's life. And they too worship him. And Mary treasures this in her heart. She ponders the, the things of God in her heart. Now here, Mary, maybe she wanted to go back to Nazareth, but they couldn't go back to Nazareth. Mary's got to pack it all up again, go the long journey, take this baby down to Egypt. I'm sure it was a different type of childhood there. We don't know how long he was there. He could have been there at least a few months. It could have been up to four years. We're not sure. But he was down there. That's where they grew up. She had to find a new friend group. They had to get a whole new situation going on. She made it through that. And they came, another angel came and gave them a dream and said, now the king of that region in Israel has died. No longer is seeking the baby's life. Bring him back. So he came all back. And they went and settled in Nazareth. We don't have many stories of Jesus as a child, but I bet the stories might have gone something like this. Like, hey, Jesus, there's something I need to tell you. What I'm about to tell you might seem impossible, but trust me, all things are possible with God. Your dad... Your earthly dad, Joseph, well, you have another dad. <laughs> and, and it's, here's the deal. We, in this house, in this family, we just do what, what God wants. We just, I know you might want to do your own thing, but here's the deal. In this house, we say yes to Jesus. We say yes to the Father. <laughs> we say yes to his will, Jesus. That's what we do. Um, how did all this happen? That's a good question, Jesus. The Holy Spirit. Let me teach you about him. It's not recorded that that happened, but I think he, she passed it along somehow because when he was 12, they went from Nazareth. Now they would often, in Nazareth, they had like a home church, like a, like a little synagogue that they would, they would come to and worship in. But on the high holy days, they would take the journey, a couple days journey down to Jerusalem and they would go to the temple. And while they were there, they would travel with a big caravan from town and all of that. They worshiped and then they went back. And three days later, Mary has her home alone moment. Kevin, where's Jesus? Jesus, have you seen Jesus? I haven't seen Jesus. Have you seen Jesus? I haven't seen him. Oh my gosh, we left him at the temple three days ago. So she and Joseph go back to the temple and there's some grace in all this. Isn't there moms and dads? You know what I'm saying? Oh, thank God for this story. So they get in there and the Bible says this that they are equally astounded by Jesus and anxious. They hear Jesus asking questions and they hear him answering questions and it says that all who heard them were astounded. Mary pulls him aside and says, why have you done this to us? And Jesus said, well, don't you know I should be about my father's business? He's getting it. 
He's seeing it. It's getting passed along to him. He's trying to do the will of the Father. And the Bible says, you might guess it, that Mary thought about these things, treasured them in her heart. So then we don't have much beyond this. We don't have much all the way till Jesus is about 30 years old, and all of a sudden now Mary is in her 40s, maybe 50. And the story goes something like this. They go to a wedding. You might know this story. They go to a wedding. Mary is invited to the wedding. Jesus is invited to the wedding. And his disciples are invited to the wedding. And all of a sudden, Mary, like she realizes just three days into this maybe seven-day-long party for this wedding that the wine has ran out. Wouldn't this be embarrassing for the family? Well, the party's going to have to like end because they don't have the wine. What are we going to do about it? So she says to Jesus, which is such a classic mom moment, hey, they ran out of wine. Now, what I mean by classic mom, have you ever had your mom just come up to you and be like, are those your shoes? <laughs> well, of course they're my shoes, you know? Or like, my, I remember one time my mom said, Chris, have you seen your room lately? Well, of course I have. I've slept in it every day. Now, versus my dad, he might come in and say, dude, pick your shoes up. Don't leave them around the house. Dude, what's going on with your room? You need to clean that thing. Mary, classic, she says, they ran out of wine. Jesus is like, what do you want me to do about it? <laughs> and then Mary drops this bombshell moment that still rings true today. I want you to see how this works. She says this. She looks at the people next to Jesus and says, do whatever he says. Whatever he's about to say, do it. Everybody say, do what he says. Very good, very good. So Jesus is like, all right. So go get those stone water pots, fill them up with water, take a ladle out, take it to the master of the servant, and somehow in there, ordinary water became extraordinary wine. This is the first miracle of Jesus. What is natural water became supernatural substance. Do you see what's going on here? What Mary is saying is when you obey Jesus, miracles take place in your life. What might be an ordinary life can become an extraordinary life. What's a natural life becomes a supernatural life. This still rings true today. Just obey what Mary said to do, and that is to listen to Jesus. And you know this is true. What has Jesus told us to do? Love the Lord. Love our neighbor. Forgive one another. Love our enemies. Don't you know that when we do those things that there's a miracle that takes place? You know what I'm saying? Nod your head if you know what I'm saying. Yeah. A miracle takes place. And those are Mary's words. Just do what Jesus says. So that's the story. Now Jesus is into his ministry and he does amazing healings from here. He heals the blind. He heals the deaf. He even raises the dead. He preaches the gospel of the kingdom. He tells people to love one another. He tells people to forgive one another. He's an amazing example, an amazing teacher. And you can see exactly what's going on. That this is the will of God. This is the kingdom of God breaking into the earth. But what happens is that the powers that be that of those times, the powers of the religious system, the powers of the political system, they recognize that Jesus is gaining so much traction and it is all of a sudden they are incredibly worried about their own livelihoods, their own systems, and so they coerce to kill him. I don't have time to go into it all, but you might remember that his friend gave him up. Gave him up. And now they were in Jerusalem for the big holy days. Presumably Mary would have been there too. 
Matter of fact, I'm pretty sure she was. That's what we'll talk about here in just a moment. So now all of a sudden, Jesus is arrested. Her boy is arrested. He's on trial. And they ask him things like this. Like, did you say you're the son of God? Did you blaspheme? He said, it's as you said. Are you really a king? It's as you said. And they said, the only thing we can do with this is put him to the cross. So Jesus, Mary's son, is now beaten mercilessly. His beard is plucked out. They shove a crown of thorns on his head. They parade him through the streets. They make him carry his own cross. Did you know that the Romans outlawed crucifixion just, just a few years after Jesus? Because this, you shouldn't do this to humans. It's too cruel. But Jesus, he doesn't say anything. He absorbs the blow of the sins of us of what humans could do at our worst, our systems at their worst. Jesus absorbs the blow. He puts his arms out, one on this side and one on this side, against the, if you will, the hard wood of the cross, and a nail is driven through each one of them, some ways so that we could all come within his saving embrace. But he's there on the cross. And they raise that cross up and put it in a hole, and he's now hanging, and the sun Bloody, unrecognizable, the scriptures say. And there, through the blood that must have come in his eyes, he sees somebody. He sees his mother. And he sees one friend there, John. I wonder what Mary was thinking as she sees Jesus on the cross, as she hears him say, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. I wonder if she's like, God, how can you make this happen? How did this happen? Holy Spirit, can't you do something? But I wonder if when he says, forgive them, if she's like, that's the will, that's right, that's right. That's what we do in this family. I don't know what she's thinking, but Jesus on the cross looks down at those two and he says, son, your mother. Mother, your son. See, Jesus was the oldest in his family and in that age and in that day, the oldest took care of their mothers and their fathers Still, they died. Jesus is now about to die and he says, you're gonna be taken care of. I got you. John, take care of her. Mom, he's gonna take care of calls her dear, like you're in my heart. And with that, Jesus then says, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit, and he dies. The Bible doesn't say that Mary was right there. We're not quite sure where she was when he was taken off the cross. If she held him, maybe she did. Somebody put him inside of a borrowed tomb. And for three days, I wonder if she was thinking, I thought all things were possible. Holy Spirit, what are you going to do? Come on, Father, isn't it your will that this boy would live forever? What are you going to do? One day, two days, three days, the Holy Spirit descends on her boy. 
And the Spirit of God breathes life into this dead body again. And he stands up, Mary's boy does. The stone is rolled away and he walks out alive forever. Amen? Amen. Are you with me on this? Come on. Mary's boy is alive. He's seen by more than 500 people walking the earth for 40 days. He goes to see his disciples. He goes to see Peter. He goes to see his brother. And then he says this. You guys... We need to tell the world about this message, the way of love. Come on, tell them all about me. In order to do that, you need to be filled with power beyond yourselves. You need the Holy Spirit. Here's what's going to happen. I'm going to ascend to my Father. And when I do, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. So he ascends to the Father. And before, uh, before he went to, he ascended to the Father, he said this, I'm going to ascend to the Father. I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit. Before you go out and tell the rest of the world, gather together in the upper room and wait for the Holy Spirit. And they waited. And we hear these words. Acts chapter 1, verse 14. They all met together and were constantly united in prayer, along with Mary, the mother of Jesus. Goes on to say, chapter 2, that all the believers were meeting together in that place. And suddenly, everybody say, and suddenly... There was a sound from heaven, like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the house where they were seated. And what looked like flames and tongues of fire appeared on each of them, and everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit. They began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them utterance, so now all could hear, no matter what your language was. But did you recognize that they were filled? Mary, in the beginning, was overshadowed by the Holy Spirit. Now she's filled with the Holy Spirit. The prophecy of her was that her heart would be pierced, that there would be a hole in her heart. And my gosh, what a hole in her heart. How that sword pierced her heart when she saw her boy on the cross. But now it's filled. No more pain. Not like that. She's filled with the Holy Spirit. She's got power beyond human capacity. That's the last thing we read about her in the scriptures. Church history says that she went and built the church, that she went and strengthened the believers all around in the area, that she made it all the way to Ephesus, that John took care of her, and that she died there. It's amazing life, Jesus' mother. If she were here, I think she would want you to know. I passed this along to my boy, and you should know it too. All things are possible with God, no matter what you're going through right now. All things are possible with God. It's not about what we want. If we would just let the will of God happen in our lives, extraordinary things will happen. Don't forget, you're not alone. Those holes in your heart can be filled. Be filled with power and the Holy Spirit if you ask. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, thank you for Jesus. And thank you for his mother. Well, we are grateful to look at her story today. And I pray that these things that we've talked about as we've learned from her life will be true of us. Not our will, Lord. Let your will happen. Let it be, God. Holy Spirit, would you come in our lives? Would you make impossible things possible throughout our community, throughout our families? We believe that you're able and we submit ourselves to it. We thank you, Lord, for the mothers in the room. 
We are so grateful for them. We thank you for your love for them. Pray that they would know today in extraordinary ways. In your name we pray. And everybody said in Jesus' name, amen. amen. God bless you guys.